All right, welcome to episode two of Life Fire Layout. Before we get started, I wanted to put some appreciation out there, uh, mostly for the listeners who've had the patience after episode one dropped, wondering when the next one was coming. Here it is, very excited about it. Uh, but as it turns out, there's not a magic wand you can simply wave to create podcasts. So the appreciation is mostly there uh, while I learn this process as I go. Uh, also of note, uh, this podcast was recorded actually long before the wildfires occurred in Hawaii. So as you know from, uh, even if you're not in emergency management, it's been all over the news that the Hawaiian wildfires, one of the critical components was mass notification, which is what we're talking about today in episode two. Um, so just of note, why it is not mentioned um, is simply because it was recorded long before uh, the disasters in Hawaii related to the wildfires. So stay tuned, leave some comments, and we'll talk soon. Welcome to Life Fire Layout, the podcast where we are talking about what is important to you in the fields of public safety. I'm your host, Prescott Natto, and with me today, I've had an awesome guest, a friend of mine for a bunch of years. We've worked uh, in uh, rescue together um, and had a number of opportunities to cross paths professionally uh, and personally. Welcome, Ian Kilburn, and uh, let's let's talk. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Ian. Oh, thanks, Prescott. Yeah, so I really appreciate not mentioning how long we've been friends for. So it makes us feel a little bit younger and makes me feel a little bit better about myself. But <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so, like Prescott said, I'm I'm Ian Kilburn. Currently, I'm the supervisor of the Transportation Management Center over at the Agency of Transportation here in Vermont. Um, formerly, I was the VTLR administrator for the Division of Emergency Management. So um, we could expand a little bit more on my resume, but I think like you, we'd be here all day if we just talked about that. So we'll just leave it there. That's that's awesome. And uh, yes, uh, you're one of those people actually pre pre-chat, um, we ended up, uh, or pre-recording, I should say, we ended up talking about wearing multiple hats, uh, which mm. you definitely do. Um, even even working, you know, like you said, transportation now, formerly VEM, you're still, you know, rescue. Mm -hmm. um, let's hit, so, so one of the things that everyone uh, from the very first episode knows, or if you know me before, PIO, any type of uh, public messaging. So, Selfishly, I, I definitely wanted to bring you on here because we just had some pretty serious floods um, mm. go through the state. And in fact, as early as yesterday, had sort of a, a, a very small repeat of that in right. southern and central Vermont. Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about the hat you wear, uh, wore and still wear, arguably, um, for mass notification. Can you tell me a little bit about like uh, what that is and why it might yeah. be important? Something that I think a lot of people take for granted because it's right there and you don't really think about it. But when you get when you dive right in and you start working and learning how to craft a, a mass notification, it sounds simple on paper. But then you get into it and you go, wait a minute, there's a little bit more nuance and kind of sciency behind it. So, you know, simply put, mass notification is just a strategy of disseminating important information to people the general public, groups of people, really, you know, whatever your audience is going to be, you know, outside of you and I just chit-chatting here or, you know, calling someone on the phone. So you, there's a bunch of different ways to, to do that. You can do the shotgun blast of, you know, emails, phone calls, text messages, um, social media, 
um, various apps of whatever vendor in which you're using, um, the public alert warning system or iPods, which we'll, we'll get into, um, you know, your, your official websites, town websites, um, emergency services websites, what, what have you, or any kind of combination thereof. And really, again, it goes down to who you're trying to talk to and where you're trying to meet them. And you know, mass notification is pretty pretty interesting because we've been doing it for a very long time, pretty much forever. You know, you, you think back to Paul Revere, right, and riding around and, and handing notes, right, or tacking a note on the town center. You know, these are these are forms of mass notification, right? Newspapers, and but it really just depends on what the situation is and, and how quickly you need to get the message out there, right? And that's what has brought on a lot of these, you know, we have all the technology now that we can stay connected the way in which we are. So we kind of change things and it becomes like this this hot button term, mass notification, because the technology has changed, but really it's kind of age old, right? So I guess what I want to do is turn the table and ask you a question. Have you ever heard of Sally Rook? Uh, first of all, I love that the tables just got turned, uh, <laughs> unexpected and the best kind. Um, but I hope this is the right answer because no. No. Do you know anything about Folsom, New Mexico? Folsom, New Mexico. No. Yeah. So this is it's it's really funny because I was listening to an audiobook literally this morning and I heard about this story and it was so timely because we were already set up to meet. So 1908. Um, telephones are like this new thing, right? And you have switchboard operators. So Sally Rook was a switchboard operator for a telephone company in Folsom, New Mexico. I think it was August of 1908. There was like this historic flood. This was a tiny little town of like 250 people, right? So 1908, 250 people, how many people have phones, right? So Sally gets a call from somebody who lives up river and says, there's a lot of water coming. We got to figure something out. We got to save people's lives. So Sally takes it upon herself to literally switchboard, right? So she's pulling wires, plugging wires in here or there, um, warning the residents, whoever had telephone, um, that floodwaters are coming and really begging and pleading with people to like take it seriously and get, get help. And unfortunately, she, um, she ended up, her house getting swept away and she was she perished in in the flooding um they ended up discovering her about a year later um, but she was named a heroine of new mexico many years later unfortunately but um so that right there is like really kind of more of the modern where we move from paul revere to miss sally rook um of doing this mass notification and letting people know so i thought it was it was weird because you know stars always align when you set things up and like I've got to talk about this because I just learned about it. <laughs> Plus, it's, it's so unbelievably relevant because right. uh, not only because of the unfortunate flooding mm -hmm. that just occurred. Right. But the fact that in 1908, and here we are in 2023, and the message is still the same. Uh, in this case, you know, flooding. Mm -hmm. Please take it seriously. Lives will be lost. Mm -hmm. And if you fast forward, excuse me, rewind to just weeks ago, right? the message was flooding. Please take it seriously. Mm -hmm. Lives will be lost. Yeah. And I, I think you touched on one of the things I really wanted to talk about in 
what mass notification is, right? So it's that timely, time-sensitive, critical updates, um, and those most important actions you want people to take, right? So we really have to try and we're, us in our emergency services role, we know what things are and we like to be hyper descriptive. And, you know, when I, when I run EMS calls or I, I put my death investigator hat on, I write so much because mostly I forget a lot of things. So if I have to, I have to get depoed, which I have, or, you know, go, but go into court where I have detailed records, not because I'm trying to be wordy, but because my memory is so poor. <laughs> um, but that we kind of have to step out of that a lot when we're talking about mass notification of and really the most important things are is really announcing who you are what what authoritative source um, you're coming from uh, where is this bad thing or event happening what is going on and the what can be very simple like you said flood bad right bad thing here um, and then what actions you want people to take and then further on if you really want you can point them to a place where they can get updated information or you know let them know when you're going to provide them updates you know and it can be as simple as updates will follow when appropriate right like an easy can statement right and that's where that is like a two-hour talk I used to give when I worked over at emergency management boiled down to a quick soundbite, right? Who you are, where's the bad thing, what is the bad thing, and what you want people to do, right? So in the instance that, you know, the thing that's always on our mind or has been on our minds very much recently is, you know, flood at 123 Main Street, um, seek higher ground, updates will follow when appropriate. You know, something simple like that because Put yourself, again, it's it's hard to remove ourselves from what we're so used to of response mode, right? Of, all right, we get the call, we've got that drive time, we can kind of game plan and think about it, but you gotta put yourself in the shoes of the recipient of the message of, they don't have that time, and when you're stressed out, and I think everyone can attest to this, but you haven't really thought about it, when you're truly stressed, it's brain dump time. like. You've got to boil everything down, make it super simple, um, really target at a third, or excuse me, a, a sixth grade reading level because your basic comprehension skills are just gone when you're tapped and you're stressed, right? So if you think about, you know, um, an active threat environment, a flooding environment, or, or, or what have you, the recipient of that message has got to be quickly able to pull up their phone if they can. Um, or hear the information over the radio and be told exactly, spoon-fed exactly what they need to do. Um, and it does not have to be very detailed because that, that is not the time because they're not going to remember it anyway, right? So people, uh, people won't be surprised when they hear this. Uh, I don't think I mentioned it in my first podcast, which is a miracle, but they will be uh, sick of it by the 10th or 15th or whatever <laughs> we get to here. Um, right message, right people, right time. Right. Uh, and you just you summed it up and nailed it for the the mass notification world because if if you miss any of those it mm -hmm. could cause a, a critical level of failure because at the end of the day 1908 with Sally 2023 uh, with the state of Vermont um, it, you know the, the end result could be catastrophic right yeah and you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about your 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 PIO hat right so. 
you are probably really well versed in press releases, right? And I, I think a, a common mistake a lot of services fall into is that they take that press release and try to pigeonhole it into that emergency alerting. And while that's great and it is providing some information, just think about the time that you have to craft all of that and then maybe have it for someone to read all of that. To, is it like, I mean, the preamble of, you know, your, your, your header right there is enough to lose me and, you know, I'm, you know, floodwaters are rising in my house and um, I'm panicking like, you know, enough, right? <laughs> um, so I, I really wanted to bring that up because I think press releases are amazing and I'm no expert in crafting them. I've done them a few times, but um, they're really for that after the event of here's what we did, you know, and here's, here's what happened. Here's the actions that we did. And um, here's the minutia of all the details for the press. I mean, that's really what it's there for. Emergency alerting and emergency notifications are really for the people to be safe. You know, that's, that's our ultimate goal. So uh, this, I'm sure a lot of our listeners are uh, fairly local in perhaps the state mm -hmm. of Vermont or even New England, but um, let's hit on local like Vermont, but mm -hmm. recognize that, um, you know, the, the broader brushstroke of listeners may have different systems. Right. Uh, Vermont specifically, VT alert. Mm -hmm. Can we hit on that a little bit? What is that and how is that tied directly into what we're talking about? Yeah, absolutely. So VT alert is Vermont's mass notification system, right? So um, it is hosted, funded, managed by the Division of Emergency Management or Vermont Emergency Management, VEM, however you want to uh, uh, refer to it as. Um, and it really is, it's a, it's a mass notification tool that's opt-in, right? There's, there's other components that we'll get to that are not opt-in, um, but generally you go in, create an account, sign up for whatever locality you want and the types of alerts that you want. Um, so if I want to receive traffic notifications about X, Y, or Z, which I'll also come back to in my, my other world that I live in now, um, or I want to get um, weather notifications or, or what have you, you can kind of customize um, how um, the, the types of emergencies that you want to get alerted where and how you want to get notified, right? So you can, um, by signing up, you can enter in two email addresses, two different phone numbers for text messages, up to four different phone numbers for the phone calls or robocalls. I know it's a bad term. Um, we are not trying to reach you about your car's extended warranty. Um, and we also can post to uh, the VT Alert, Facebook, and Twitter. I say we, I, I keep doing that, but uh, I no longer work there. But, um, and that's generally, you know, boil it, boil it down. And, and the benefit to that is in the way in which the, the VT Alert program is structured currently is there's one VT Alert administrator for the state. Um, the watch officers, or as other states refer to it as a duty officer um, for emergency management, can issue alerts on town's behalf. So your local emergency management director, EMD, or a public safety individual can call up our, again, here I go again, uh, call up for emergency management's uh, 800 number and request that they put something out uh, on their behalf. Or subsequently, because staffing is the way it is in Vermont and 
this is not a knock by any means. Uh, you look at New York City, they have um, quite a, f a handful of people on 24-7 to do um, NYC alerts or alert NYC. I can't remember which one it is, but that's the benefit you get with 13 million taxpayers, right? So um, towns in Vermont can also um, adopt the VT alert system so they can send out the alerts on their own behalf. Um, and what's really nice about it is um, it's if you can log into a computer and send emails, you can essentially send these alerts out. It's, it's pretty easy. Um, a lot of it is wrapping your head around though. What am I going to say? Less than how am I going to do this? Um, because you can send out to the text messages, the phone calls, the emails, all that fun stuff. So, so just super quick, let's hit on that because what I love about what you just said is, you know, and if you were, um, if you've listened thus far, then you just heard uh, Ian talk a lot about the, you know, who are you, uh, what is happening, where is it happening, uh, and what actions are, are going to occur. If you are a town administrator, or if you're listening to this and saying, do does my town even have this, and you have any purview to find out about that? Um, is there any like training that exists mm. that someone who says, man, I want my city or town to mm. have this, um, and I either am the EMD, emergency management director, or know the EMD, right. does training exist to help somebody learn how to craft that message? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was the administrator, um, I'd spend a lot of time, I love doing training. Um, I think we don't get enough of it and we don't spend a lot of enough time on it, you know, whether there's just not enough time in the day or, you know, people's schedules or, or what have you, um, or it's just not a priority in, in wherever you work, um, which I, I hope is not true, but um, let's be honest, that, that does happen. Um, I would spend, I'd, I usually budgeted about two hours, whether it was uh, training new people on how to operate the system um, and how to craft, you know, and I basically gave my spiel that I've already given um, during that. And we kind of take some test, we craft a test message, uh, play around in the system a little bit, um, and then kind of unlock the keys to the kingdom for um, town officials to send out notifications on their own behalf. Um, and it could be as many as 12, 13, 15 people, um, or even more that have the ability to do that, or you know, a, a small handful. Um, I would definitely hazard or, or try to steer people away from just having that one linchpin person because people take vacations or they get, they're wearing multiple hats like you and I do, um, and they're involved in some other part of the response or, or what have you, or they're just simply not available. Um, so definitely have more than one. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'd spend, I'd budget like two hours, um, and we talk about all these things and, and literally go through the system step by step. Um, my new, um, replacement, if you will, um, Sam Dillner, who over at emergency management is, is learning the system himself, as well as I think he's gotten you know, both feet plunged right in, you know, after this flooding event. Um, so he's, he's pretty well up to speed now, uh, would be able to help any towns and, and, uh, set up that. So would it be, uh, reasonable to say in the show notes, I should include Sam's contact information. Uh, perhaps he would be the best contact if somebody's listening mm -hmm. to this and says, 
A, I want more info, and besides the standard uh, mm-hmm. Google VT alert or VEM and go down that rabbit hole, right. um, if they reached out to Sam, Sam would probably then be able to say, yes, let's set some training up and get you squared yeah. away. Yeah, absolutely. And for any you know folks that are listening that know they their towns have adopted this, but it's been a while and you want to brush up, that was a huge part of my job too, was doing some refresher trainings and making sure that um, when... You know, bad things happen that this is a well-oiled machine because where we see breakdowns is when you just don't exercise those muscles enough, right? Um, those those high-risk um, events, you know, low frequencies where um, you get into an, oh, crap, I don't know what I'm doing here, um, is really not the time when you're trying to to log in and, and get the information out there to people or, oh, it's been a long time since I logged in and now I can't and it's 3.30 in the morning because that's when a lot of our bad things happen, right, or in the middle of the night, so. Um, I'm going to just have a mea culpa moment here mm. uh, and Ian and I were talking pre-show about this, so I just want the listeners to know that this does happen. Uh, the flooding, just mere weeks ago, I jumped on and I'm doing my PIO thing for my fire department and I'm excited because the messages are getting out there in a timely manner. Uh, and I say, man, the world uh, of, of emergency management's colliding with my emergency services background. Let's get some VT alert messaging out there. And I went to log in and you nailed it, uh, Ian. I had forgotten, uh, I knew my personal login for my alerts at my house and my kid's school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Didn't know my departmental dispatching login, i.e. what I would use to send the messages out. Mm-hmm. So I uh, was fortunate. I had our administrative assistant, Christy, shout out to her. She's fantastic. She got me the login, but then here's what happened. Um, I get access to the platform that allows me to send a message to anyone in anyone who has opted in to the mm-hmm. town of Williston uh, page or, or VT alert uh, profile. So that's a lot of people, I believe. Um, yeah, it's, it's a few. It's a few. <laughs> and, and I went into vapor lock because mm-hmm. I identified the fact that what I was about to type out was going to go to enough people. And it's funny mm-hmm. because I, the same thing occurs with Facebook, but for right. whatever reason, um, I had much more experience with Facebook. I knew sure. what, you know, good, good, bad, and center. Uh, VT Alert didn't. And so mm-hmm. I opted to not do anything. Right. Because I had identified that messaging was already occurring. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, Vaporlock panic mode, all right, recognized instantly the need to bone up on this, as you said, either in exercising, calling in for some training um, before the next incident occurs where I need every avenue mm-hmm. of mass uh, notification, uh, which leads me, because of my moment of vapor lock, I did not make any mistakes, but um, mistakes do happen. Yeah. Um, can you just talk very briefly? There's a couple of fairly public ones, one mm-hmm. more recent from, I believe, our friends in Florida. Can you just talk real quick to some of the oops moments and mm-hmm. how the state of Vermont uh, sort of tries to work and overcome? Yeah, absolutely. So Florida, um, that was a test message that was supposed to go out via a different avenue. So um, there, the, I, I spoke about it a little earlier, the integrated public alert warning system, right? So that's IPAWS for short. Um, that is a FEMA and joint FCC um, program. And there's two big components to that. There's the emergency alert system 
and then there's the wireless emergency alert system. So the emergency alert system would be um, that broadcast media piece so that the, um, the ticker tape marquee on, on broadcast television or the, you know, the alert tone that goes out over radio or combination thereof. Um, and then either a robot voice comes and spits you information or you read it on the, on the marquee. Um, so that is EAS or uh, the emergency alert system. And then there's WIA, or the wireless emergency alert system, which is those push notifications to cell phones. And both of these um, platforms, again, over the under all, uh, overall, excuse me, um, iPods umbrella, are for a geographic area, right? So you put a polygon on the map, and then anyone in there, the broadcast media providers or people with um, those enabled cell phones, will get that message. So what happened in Florida, to the best of my knowledge, is that was a required monthly test, which is required by FEMA and the FCC for the EAS program that must have gotten launched in tandem or inadvertently was just WIA. Um, so at 4.45 in the morning, an alert buzzes and I, I don't know how many folks have, have had those WIA messages on your on your phone. They're very loud and jarring for a reason. Um, yeah, that was an oopsie, right? Um, and they happen. Uh, but where we need to be good about the oopsies are in, in really taking our time, especially in a test environment, which I'm, I'm a little kind of confused about, is it's really a no pressure, right? It's a requirement. Um, I know my friends over in the broadcast media are probably screaming right now <laughs> at uh, whatever device they're listening to this because um, when I worked with the Vermont Broadcasters Association on developing our, our EAS test schedule, um, everything in media is like boiled down to a science. Like it has to be within this time frame because we have ad space and commercials and this and that and all that fun stuff. So they're probably yelling, but honestly, in my opinion, like two minutes later is not that big of a deal to make sure that you've got it all right and hit the button. Um, so yeah. And then Hawaii, right? Inbound missile, ballistic missiles coming. Um, that was uh, a really bad oops. Um, Hawaii being so close to um, North Korea, like there, there's a lot of folks that have, have, have studied this and, and after action this, um, you know, it's, it's a threat that people kind of live with day to day in Hawaii. Um, and this was a drill, right? So it went in that test message, it said, this is not a drill, right? So this went out to thousands of people who got wrapped up in a panic um, and rightfully so, because the system that is supposed to tell them when bad things are coming and what actions they need to take told them that bad thing was coming and that they needed to seek shelter, right? So as designed, it worked, but this was an internal drill, and this is where I think we really need to be very um, careful and considerate with a, what our language is, especially around drills and exercises, is make sure that it's clearly marked. This is a drill. This is what I did when I was at emergency management. Is really 
this is a drill in all caps in the front and in the back. Um, and also maybe avoid doing ballistic missile incoming, like, right? Um, maybe not something so high stress. Yes, maybe that was what the exercise was about um, internally. I don't know the ins and outs of, of Hawaii emergency management um, and what their drill um, or their exercise or, or what have you was all about. But let's kind of be a little more intentional <laughs> um, about how we're going to exercise. Because I, I, like I've already said, is we really do need to make sure that at 2 a.m. we know how we're going to react and you know train as we fight, fight as we train, right? Um, I, I learned a, a long time ago set everything up for the, you know, from my EMS background, set everything up for the 2 a.m. sleepy medic, right? So if you can wipe the sleepy seeds out of your eyes and still run the monitor um, and pull things out of the bag because you've done it a thousand times and it's in the right spot, like, let's set ourselves up for that success, right? So keep things simple and easy and be intentional with our language. So uh, I, uh, Vermont VT Alerts contracts with uh, a company Everbridge. Mm -hmm. Um, I know some folks at Everbridge, and more importantly, I know just VT Alert in general. When you were the administrator and now uh, Sam, uh, there's a lot of checks and balances. So mm -hmm. while that's terrifying to hear in one breath that two states experienced uh, really awful oopsie moments, one mm -hmm. a little worse than the other, but um, at the end of the day, uh, I know that with those checks and balances, folks shouldn't be afraid to engage in the VT alert system, right. whether that's personally mm -hmm. uh, or professionally from an organization or town city standpoint. Um, do, can you just talk a little bit to those checks and balances yeah. and, and how that helps people? Yeah. So when we're talking about the, the iPod system, um, emergency management is the only alerting authority in the state. So it's got to go through them. Um, there is a checks and balance um, for anything that's going to be real time. Is it's got to be approved by their director's office, um, get their involvement. Um, there's a lot of nuance too about character limitations and all that fun stuff that we 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 don't have the time nor really anyone really wants to listen to. Um, so that's a big checks and balance for you know the local who think oh no. Um, I'm going to send the, the missile alert to um, the town of Williston. <laughs> um, so you don't really have to worry about that because you don't have the access, which is, is good. Um, and for those routine tests, um, Vermont is set up. Um, I inherited them, but I also kind of tweaked them a little bit as well. Um, templates, right? So templated messages, scripted things that when you need to use them, you just click a couple of buttons, verify, always verify, um, and then send those things out. So that's the test piece. Um, as far as the checks and balances go, um, a lot of them are really internal um, to the message sender, right? So you just have to be cognizant of what you want to say. I, I always tell people to take a breath, um, craft everything out, um, leave a couple of the critical pieces that are required to send the message out. like the title, the subject line, right? Leave that blank because the system won't allow you to send it um, without that populated. So then you can, oops, I hit the button. Oh no, that's not what I wanted to say. And you're kind of safe there. There's a little safeguard there. Um, I think a lot of this, you know, my vision for the program 
was going to be doing more and more templates um, and making things that that 2 a.m. sleepy medic, right? Uh, making it bulletproof for them because um, we're talking about a system that people don't use all the time. Um, so it can be scary, you know, what, what you had earlier on, you know, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that's a lot of people. When you see the number, I think a lot of it is just seeing the number. You know, Facebook is kind of the void that people scream into and it just goes wherever it goes and everyone accepts that. But when you actually see the number of how many people this is going to, it's, it's a little scary, right? Um, you kind of just have to get over that. <laughs> um, but also it comes with exercising, training, um, getting in the system, log in once a month and, and craft something. And um, we, when I was at VEM, um, we set up everyone with a, an internal bucket where you could send messages to yourself or a group of people. So the, the folks that were really successful were, were on it. They did test messages once a month or whatever their cadence may be. And I never heard from them and I never had to call them and be like, hey, you guys did this wrong because they were just so exercised and versed in it. Um, and then they communicated when they needed new accounts and all that fun stuff. Um, so uh, this is this is fantastic. Um, but as we as we wrap things up today, there there's the question that I, I want to be a, a sort of a, a pivotal moment in our podcast, which is uh, what's one thing you'd like our listeners to do tomorrow? So what's an action item listeners can do to to better their lives professionally and personally mm -hmm. as it relates to this topic? Well, I've got a couple. And so if you'll humor me a little bit, even though I, I've rambled a lot, um, you know, and however long we've been going on here for, but um, one of the biggest things is to just stay informed, right? Be, be the good citizen. Um, so however your town or your city is, is sending alerts, just subscribe to them, be involved, whether that's a VT alert or I'm gonna shamelessly plug uh, the New England 501 website. Um, that is you know, something as the Transportation Management Center supervisor, I have to kind of announce. Um, that's really for, and bringing this back to the, the recent flooding events, we realize um, we can't get there from here when roads wash out. So that's a really good way to stay informed about just local road conditions, right? Because every emergency is going to bring some sort of travel, whether that's responders or evacuation of citizens or whatnot. So that that's Vermont's really good way of knowing, can I get from point A to point B? Um, or if you're not in Vermont, then, you know, check out your... Um, emergency local emergency management whether that be city county state um, as well as um, whatever your state department of transportation um, 501 system is that's also a good way to again shameless plug for it and then for the the responders and municipal officials is just again reaching out to emergency management get on VT alert um, you know, share VT alert to your residents, promote that, promote New England 501. Um, and then furthermore, once you get into involved with it more is pre-plan, right? Identify what are the hazards that are most likely going to impact your community. I know in emergency management, we like to talk about an all hazards approach, which is fantastic and that's a really good way. 
But we also have to put a little bit of reality to that of, in Vermont, most of the time, it's flooding, right? Or some sort of meteorologic event. Um, so kind of keeping in mind that. Um, so identifying those, pre-planning, identifying who's gonna be the message sender and just, again, not be one person. Um, Pre-template your, your messages, whether that's gonna be um, leaving a bunch of X's in places where people can just wipe that part out and put in the applicable um, language in those spots or, or what have you. I've got a, a ton of different ways and, and thoughts that we could spend a lot of time and exercise and test and train and do it again. Um, I don't think, you know, we, we talk about it a lot because you and I are both instructors and trainers and mentors is we training is one of the things that we never do enough of. So I will always advocate for that. Um, and that is, is really my take home um, in my charge is get involved, know what you have, um, know where you can go and then just, just be an advocate. Uh, I love all of that. Uh, <laughs> Ian Kilburn, my friend, uh, my colleague, I really appreciate this time. Yeah. Thank you for wearing all of the hats that you do uh, very, very well. And most importantly, uh, wrapping us up with episode two of Life Fire Layout. Uh, that wraps it up for today. I am looking forward to having you all join us next time for another rock solid episode. Thanks for tuning in. Take care.